Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Receivable Savvy podcast. I'm Ernie Martin, founder and managing director of Receivable Savvy, where we provide research and best practice to help master the order to cash process. Today, we're speaking with Jay Chakaroff, Vice President, Product Management and Marketing with HiRadius. And what we'll cover today is technology and automation and, and accounts receivable and everything related to that. So welcome, Jay, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ernie. It's great to be here. And thank you for everyone who decided to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We feel the same way. And uh, and we know you know you're you've got a lot on your plate, and we're 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 thankful and grateful that you're able to carve out some time uh, to speak with us today. And so, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and, and sort of how you how you came to be with iRadius. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Uh, I was born in Europe. Uh, I've been in the U.S. since '95, uh, but. One of the things that as an immigrant you think is, what is the best way to make a living in a new country? And for me, when I was going through high school in Louisiana, I decided that computers were the most um, the, the most uh, impactful and uh, had the biggest opportunity to get a successful career and a job, so I got into computer science. I uh, did a couple of uh, years, got a degree in computer science from University of Louisiana, and then I decided that I really wanted to do high-end computer stuff, so I got into the PhD program at the University of Illinois. One of my dreams was, I'm going to buy a Corvette. So when I would get out of my PhD, I thought, man, I'm going to be driving a nice red Corvette, and it's going to be great. But then what happened was I got a... Um, I got a summer internship at a company... And I had a great mentor there just for a couple of uh, months, but she was very good. And I talked to, her name was Pat Domain. I'm, she, she, she was a great person. And I talked to her and asked her, okay, well, let's say I get out with a PhD. And I didn't really want to teach at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I was doing a teaching assistantship to fund myself through college anyway. I decided that probably that wasn't uh, my calling. And I talked to her, what would, I, what would I do with a PhD in computer science? She said, look, basically, you're going to be doing the same thing that you would do, be doing with a master in computer science. Uh -huh. At that point, I saw the Corvette kind of driving off into the distance with <laughs> me behind. And I decided, you know, let me go back, uh, put together my master thesis and get out. So I took another year at University of Illinois got my master in computer science and went to work in industry. As most people in high radius, I come from technical background. That's one of the things that has been great here. Uh, we're very much focused on technology, on innovation. So we're looking for people with that kind of background across our function. Right. So I, I started as a developer uh, got into project management and technical management and quickly decided that that wasn't my calling either. Something about the way that maybe larger companies, and those, that's before the days of agile. Project management was a lot more bureaucratic thing in, at that time. Uh, so I decided I need to get out of there. I, 
did an MBA and uh, got into product management, which was a good mixture of technical and business, and I think fit my background very well. Right. And I've been involved with product management ever since. It first first at a company called Pros, uh, which is the power behind overbookings. The next time you get to the airplane, to your plane, and they say, "Oh, we've overbooked that flight. Who wants to stay behind?" Guess what, folks? There's no surprise there. That's done on purpose. Right. Exactly. So we are the we were the company that basically decided how many seats you should overbook and when you should price, uh, how you should price each seat, when you should charge more, and so on. It, again, it was very interesting. It was a great place to work with, but Sashi Narahari, the CEO of High Radius, uh, reached out to me at the time, and the company was growing very fast. Our products were really, uh, were really uh, making an impact in the market, and he needed somebody to come in and um, take over product management. That's how I ended up in High Radius, and I've been around for the last five years or so. It's been a very exciting journey, Ernie, and uh, I think it's been uh, a good place to end up with after uh, all the trials of tribulations of my youth, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's, that's, a, that's a very good background, and even without the, the Corvette, um, um, from what you've described, you, your your background is is varied and and fairly deep. So, so with that in mind, um, what would you say? Or and and in speaking of technology and innovation, as you mentioned before, what would you say are the three most important issues um, that credit and ER professionals want addressed when trying to improve their processes? Yeah. So when I joined High Radius five years ago, I did a lot of research on the space. I didn't have background in credit and AR other than buying a house and knowing that there was such a thing as a credit score that I had to have one. <laughs> um, but uh, I did a lot of research on the space and talked to Sashi. Um, and since those days, I don't think the focus has really changed. And there really is only one thing. How do I meet my KPIs? That's the focus of every single person that we've talked to. Right. Every director of AR, every credit manager, how do I meet my KPIs? How do I reduce DSO? How do I reduce bad debt? How do I uh, reduce negative impact of my uh, my late AR? So of my late receivables. So that's what that hasn't really changed. The interesting thing is that the issues that make this happen have morphed a little bit as technology has matured and provided additional uh, capabilities. Everybody's still looking. What are the changes that I need to make to my business process so that I'm better aligned with my objectives? internal KPIs and strategically I can provide better value to my business. Right. Well, the business process is one thing, but now that co companies are looking more and more into technology, they're trying to understand as well what is the how can automation focus and help my team be better aligned so that I can not just put in place some best practices, but really scale scale my team more effectively, 
allocate my resources optimally so that they're directly focused on my KPIs and providing the value where it will have the most direct impact on my DSO, on my bad debt, on my KPIs. This is the biggest thing. How do I change my process and integrate technology to help my KPIs? I think the issue is, the issue by itself is not there. The goal is always the same. Meet KPIs, reduce DSO, all of that. That hasn't changed. The way to get there is the question, and the question is, what can technology do for me? Understanding that technology, what it cannot, it cannot do, what will it cost to get up there, what is the potential? Those are the biggest challenges that I think are there, and that's what uh, AR folks are coming to um, venues much like yours, uh, much like yours, different venues and our webinars, and they go to industry uh, conferences because that's what they're struggling with. Right. There's a lot of language out there that vendors are putting out around automation, what it can do for you, but it doesn't always meet reality. So how do you bridge that gap between expectation and reality? Right. And, and that's that's a good point, Jay. And and one of the things that I've, I, I've heard over the last few years is you know, with the advent of technology and automation, you know, it seems to be a, a sort of a quandary between, you know, what is our objective? Is our objective to reduce headcount or is our objective to uh, make the um, FTEs that we have on staff work more effectively and more efficiently? And, you know, th there is some concern about, boy, you know, no one is going to have a job going forward. But, you know, tell us a little bit about your thoughts around staff members and deploying them more efficiently and more effectively with the implementation of technology and automation. Yeah, definitely something that has been talked a lot in the media these days. What will be the impact of technology on uh, middle class jobs and uh, wage growth? I mean, if you're following any of the uh, politics these election season, that's what everyone's concerned about. Yeah, exactly. I think a pretty I take Ernie a pretty optimistic view. I think in general we humans as a species have done very well in the long term and I don't see that uh, that slowing down anytime soon. I think technology is just the next tool in our species arsenal to improve our lot. Uh -huh. I think if you bring it down to credit and AR, automation and robotics uh, will enable businesses to realign their team. And this has been one of the key strategic things that we have seen. A lot of businesses are looking at, I have a team in place, but my business is growing. And I have this um, demand from my management and this direction that says, do more with less. Right. How do I do that? You're not going to do it by by just replacing a paper-based process with a computer. Right, whether you are typing on a screen now or writing on the in the margin of a sheet of paper in the past, maybe that's five percent efficiency. That's not really going to be the do more with less that you're looking to achieve. Right. Technology allows you to scale the resources that you have. How? By looking at the manual clerical tasks that don't really uh, deliver value to the business process, mm -hmm. and performing those tasks for you. At the end of the day, you realign your team to make sure that they are focused on the highest impact tasks 
making decisions, setting credit terms, uh, talking to key accounts, making sure that uh, the relationship is good, uh, making sure that key accounts have better service for collections, um, and business processes that don't really add value and don't directly impact the KPIs, like cash application, you can move those resources to other things. And I think that's what we're going to see more as technology permeates ever more deeper into credit and AR. Right, right. And that makes perfect sense, too. And, you know, when an organization gets to that point and they're looking at, you know, incorporating and implementing technology to streamline their processes, um, deploy, as you mentioned, you know, their staff more efficiently, more effectively, what's, what's, what's the ideal um, evaluation process? Um, what, what does an organization go through and what are those key things they have to look for to make sure that they're comparing apples to apples? And because we know that, you know, not every solution that's available is made equal. So how does an organization, what are those key things that they have to look for when they begin evaluating uh, technology and automation solutions for their, for their, for their teams and for their organizations? Yeah, that's a great question, Ernie, and something that a lot of our uh, customers struggle with, and that's why they come to us. In, in fact, part of the reason is there's a lot of vendors in, the, in every space. It's very competitive, but not everybody is approaching it the same way. High radius, uh, we are very much a technology company, so we do a very significant investment in new technologies, new products. Um, we have more than 300 people focused on our research and development efforts. Um, so what we do is we, our entire team from product management down is actually measured on whether they deliver quantifiable value. Anything that goes into our product, my product managers are evaluating it in terms of will it deliver value, what are the savings, what will it enable our customers to do. So. What, what happens is when we talk to customers, we go to them and we tell them, look, this is your, what your current process is. These are the various sub-processes that you perform, whether that is processing checks versus processing uh, email versus processing uh, web remittance. There are different things. What are all the steps that you're going through in each one? Where is the time taken at each step? And here is where our product can help and where it cannot help. But at the end of the day, we work together to provide a very solid business case with very direct ROI. And now, AR managers looking at automation know where the savings will come from. Where will they realize those time savings so that they can realign their team? Um, but not everybody uh, in the market operates that way. Right. A lot of times, unfortunately, companies will buy software the old-fashioned way, which is let's just go wine and dine and have some fun on the town, and then you know we'll pitch something around some nebulous value that you know will be in the millions and we'll get a big payday out of that. Right. That's not how. That's not the type of sales process that gives software and automation a good name because invariably. You're trying to now fit that process to fit that product into some process without really having worked through an understanding of 
how the 2B will be and where the savings and what can you expect. And you don't have a measurable baseline to say whether you're getting uh, your ROI objectives, yes or no. Right. So now, there's a lot of talk about, well, the, the software didn't achieve, right? Or technology has been underperforming. You don't get that from artificial intelligence or robotic process automation. But really, I think that the side effect of one company is not performing their due diligence upfront and being tough with their vendors and understanding how the vendor will provide value in very concrete ways versus, uh, and also the vendors themselves, maybe some of them don't have quite the technology to be able to provide that kind of value. So they're not really even driving the conversation in that direction. So that's where the problem, and that's what separates the successful implementations from the ones that fail. So that's, I would say, start there. Right, right. And I'm sure our, our listeners will find that information and in, in, in those suggestions very helpful. And Jay, we're, we're running right up against um, the last few seconds uh, of our podcast, but we'd love to have you back. Uh, are, you, are you able to come back? I would love to. I love this conversation, and I'm very passionate about AR and credit, specifically about technology and AI. So any chance to talk and tell people about uh, the exciting things that are happening with technology, I would appreciate it. Absolutely, and we feel the same way about it as, as well. So, so we'll have you come back, and uh, Jay, thank you for joining us. And uh, everyone, join us next time for the next episode of the Receivable Savvy podcast, and we'll see you soon.